and welcome to Design Reaction, a podcast that explores what's next in interior design and fine art. I'm your host, Marilyn Watson Laverne, and in my work as an interior designer, I constantly witness a lot of innovations, best practices, and new technologies that contribute to luxury living. With each episode, I will take you behind the scenes to reveal new introductions in furniture, kitchen and bath, outdoor living, and fine art. I'll share my reactions to these innovations, which will lead you to more informed design decisions that will elevate your living experience. Expect to have fun on this show as I dish on the impact of design in popular culture and share my advice on experiences you can explore for yourself. If you're ready to learn more about interior design, decor, and fine art, then the Design Reaction Podcast is definitely for you. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of Design Reaction with Marilyn Laverne. Today, we're going to take a look behind the canvas with a fine artist whom I met recently um, from the Bedford, uh, is it Bedford or New Bedford, Massachusetts? New Bedford. New Bedford, Massachusetts. Her name is Mechalina. Mechalina is an artist um, whose intent is to use her creativity as a healing modality and a vehicle to engage meaningful conversation. Her portraits are large in scale and subject matter. Often towering over six feet tall, they tell personal stories, both in images and in words that are skillfully used to create them. Her landscapes emote the warm embrace of encouragement, and words provide a reminder of reflection and self-love. I love that, by the way, um, encouraging people in that way through art. Most recently, her work with bespoke gowns showcase words woven from social empowerment and self-acceptance. Her work is in private collections, highly visible commercial properties, and is a favorite of the entertainment's most highly respected set designers. Welcome, Michalina, to Design Reaction. I'm really so glad to have you here. Um, and and as I um, said in the introduction, our goal is to give um, listeners an opportunity to learn more about art in an informal discussion, hearing directly from a fine artist like yourself. So I thank you for um, uh, taking the time to to join the discussion today, um, and you know to learn more about you and about your work and 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 what people can uh, can can gain from art and its role in 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 their homes. Um, we'll start right off with the fact that um, I've had to to educate myself as to how to. Um, talk about y- your work. Uh, you combine painting, calligraphy, and micography in the work that you do. Um, and I love also that, and for those of you that are, are looking at this um, on video, she is seated in her studio. And before we, we finish, you've got to give us a little tour of the studio. But she's seated in her studio in front of one of her pieces of work. Describe um, your work and, and how you came about uh, combining those three um, mediums. Sure. Uh, well, first, Marilyn, thank you so much for inviting me to come and speak with you today and um, just dig in a little bit more into the layers of my work. Uh, and that's really what it's about, is the layers of, of who we are, our characters, our ancestry, and our stories. 
Uh, I like to consider myself a storyteller with my work. And so the backgrounds of my work are multiple layers of uh, tone and texture. Uh, I'm really trying to create an atmosphere in my work. And then it's a play on the macro and the micro. So the macro is the image that you see from far away that will hopefully invite you in. And the closer you get in to one of my pieces, um, you'll notice line work and you'll say, well, it doesn't look like cross hatching. What is that? And the closer you get in, you start seeing letters. Uh, or words and then phrases. And oftentimes I'll have a magnifying glass present uh, where people can hold a magnifying glass and then they get to sit with that piece. And for me, that's when the art has truly come to life um, is offering this space for people uh, to really engage with all of the layers and them actually being a part of that. So how did you first find inspiration for including words into the images. And I'm, I'm looking at that image behind you. Well, it's not an image. That's an actual piece of your work. Um, uh, folks, as, as I um, stated earlier, her work is large in scale. And uh, you're looking at it live and in living color back there. That piece has got to be bigger than you are. So um, are we, uh, about five feet, about five I, feet. This is about five. I usually go around five or six. Wow. Um, yeah, it, it really commands the space that it's in. Sure. Uh, out it uh, yelling. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I think I think the colors that you've chosen are subtle. I think um, I, I, it has a very painterly background. The image of the gown almost looks like you know a sketch, or you know that that I might see you know in in a, a a fashion designer's notebook or something. But you are correct when I. When I look at it closer, I realize it's not a sketch. These are, uh, you know, those are words back there. What inspired you to do that with your work, to, to, to use, you know, words? Had you seen that somewhere before or were you uh, working with words or poetry or literature before and then said, well, I'm going to combine the two this way? A little of all of those things. Um, I always had a strong passion for poetry. And wow. the very first time I created a piece like this, I was 15. And wow. I was really um, overcome with what was going on socially. During that time, there was apartheid in South mm. Africa. Uh, it was the first time we saw uh, the Rodney King beating on mm. film. And I, I had a lot of things I wanted to say and not a lot of people who wanted to hear them. Sure, sure. And so uh, my art teacher at that time uh, had us doing a calligraphy project. And it was just very old English style calligraphy with a quill pen and India ink. And I remember seeing an image of this young girl with locks and these huge eyes. And I said, I'd like to redo this image in yes. calligraphy. And she looked at me and she's like, you know what? Let's problem solve it. Let's do it. And um, I was so thankful that she was excited about this um, challenge, because as artists, it's always, how are we solving a problem? How are we overcoming a challenge? Uh, and then it became very cathartic and therapeutic for me to write about these things that I felt so passionately about, sure. um, you know, and also have a place to kind of put the pain. Um, I felt an immense, like just very intense 
pain mm-hmm. um, and hurting for teenagers across the pond uh, who were struggling to get an education during apartheid. Sure. And um, it was my, my only thing I felt I could do to show solidarity at that time. Do you and think... So it was very special for me. Um, so, so this is deeper than I'd even imagined before we started this conversation. Do you think that many artists approach their work in that way, finding a, a, an outlet for pain or trying to at least apply uh, some softness to a conflict or a, a you know a social predicament, as as it were, with with certainly with a, apartheid. And the disparity of, you know, basic human evolutionary um, uh, uh, privileges like education. You know, here, we, you know, education is something we, we uh, take for granted, whereas certainly during apartheid and probably even now, education is scarce. It's hard to come by and uh, it's, it's, it, it becomes precious to people in ways that we can't understand. Uh, I agree with you. And I do believe that art becomes this vehicle mm-hmm. uh, for the artist to process not just pain, uh, but, you know, a host of different emotions mm-hmm. because art is a language. Uh, it is an unspoken language, but it is a very loud and very clear language. Um, it conveys what it needs to convey. Sure. And so I believe there are many artists, um, even if you think about uh, printmakers or graphic designers who have created very simple posters that individuals will hold at a protest. Sure. Um, they become iconic um, symbols. They become part of the story and of the landscape. Uh, there are, you know, we could go through a list of artists that used art to elevate. I mean, when we think about the Harlem Renaissance sure. and the artistry that was pouring out during that time and the celebration of who we were as a people, oh, yeah. um, it is, it is, uh, you know, you look at it and go, it's the encyclopedia of our evolution in this country. Um, so yeah, I believe art is that vehicle. It does many things and then it connects these invisible lines. Uh, and it's almost like an invisible thread uh, that can connect many different themes and feelings that people are going through. I think people overlook the the fact that art is a language, um, and um, and and I think it's fascinating that you use words to sort of convey an artistic language. Over time, how would you say your message to people has evolved or changed or been impacted? Um, either by, you know, uh, social justice matters or matters of your own personal experience and observations in life? Wow. Um, It's such a great question. There are moments in our lives that are these um, cornerstone moments or these um, traumatic events, right, that kind of shift the trajectory of our purpose in life. Sure. And I had one of those moments in 2013. Uh, during that time, I was working with set designers and um, interior designers creating works of art for really great high-end celebrity clients. Oh, this is our uh, language right here. <laughs> it was, um, you know, you'd say, oh, I was I was peaking in my artistic career. Yes. 
And I went away on vacation in Jamaica. I got bit by something. I had a horrible reaction to it. Uh, came back to the States and needed to get an antibiotic. And unfortunately, I was um, severely allergic to the antibiotic that I had. That Ooh. it threw me into almost like a stroke. And I had to rehab. I had to learn how to walk. I had a stutter for a year and a half. I had OTPT, you know, um, speech therapy, a kinesiologist. I was a raw vegan. I didn't think I was going to be an artist again. Wow. Um, and it shook me to my core. Yes. And uh, I remember, you know, having such deep compassion for people who aren't able to recover the way I was able to recover. Yes. Uh, I had deep compassion for um, those who are the caretakers, for mm. people who are recovering from very challenging things. And um, what I noticed was the writing changed. When ah. I write, there's two different things that happen. One, if I'm doing someone that's well-known, let's mm -hmm. say Martin Luther King, yes, I would use his quotes and I'll say, here are the quotes that I used from Martin Luther King. And, you know, this part of his face is this quote ah. uh, under chin is, and I can map out the face so people can figure out where the quotes are. When I'm doing my work, similar to this one behind me, yes. the warrior in a gown, um, it really is like a stream of consciousness writing. I see. And so the words matter. What goes on the canvas matters to mm -hmm. me. And mm -hmm. so what happens is it becomes this, um, you know, this substrate of reminders. And so I will often write, you are the light that you are seeking. Ah, yes. Love is calling you. Um, you know, have you remembered your inner wisdom? Beautiful. The gowns, uh, all of my gowns that I do, they're a series that's part of this uh, warrior in a gown. Mm -hmm. And it is about a few different themes. It's a play on themes of how we as women endure, how we glide through life in moments. Yeah, and no preach one sees it. The stars mm -hmm. or the pain. Um, and one of my favorite lines in my gowns, I write it in every gown, is we slay dragons in our heels. Ah, I love that. And we do. Indeed, don't we, we do. Don't we? Yeah. So, um, so, so you, you mentioned for, uh, and I mentioned it also in, in the intro, um, set designers have used your work. Um, for listeners who, um, who are also, uh, you know, binge watching television shows or or movies or things where 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 would they have seen some of your work that was a nice little plug-in um hey oh so, yes uh the one that's most famous is candy burris from the real housewives of the Atlanta. real housewives yeah yes um her designer, Eddie Brumbaugh, who is an amazing designer out of Atlanta, mm -hmm. called me up and said, oh, I might have a little project for you. Why don't you come meet me at, you know, my client's home? Uh -huh. And so I got to go to her, her recently purchased home then. And we talked about um, the feeling, the vibration of what 
she would like to manifest in her home. Sure. And we went from room to room to room talking about what that atmosphere would be, what the energy would be, what she was calling into her life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, it became co-creation between myself, the designer, and Candy Burris. And then I ended up creating, uh, I want to say, seven pieces for Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. You see, you know, I'm going to have to go back and check out some earlier episodes from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Let me, let me, uh, this is a great segue into talking about um, your, and, and, and give us your opinion on the impact fine art can have in a private residence. Uh, what's your feeling there? I think everyone's home is their sacred space. Mm-hmm. And it's about curating and illustrating your personal journey in life. Uh, when you find yourself, when you find yourself in front of a piece of work of art, yes, and it gives you an emotional response, it's conveying a message, and there's you know that invisible dialogue happening between you and that piece. I love what and you said about invisible dialogue. Like visual medicine for you. Mm-hmm. And so I tell, there's times I've told clients where I said, if you feel like another work of art resonates more, I want you to have that. I want you to have what resonates with you. Sure. What sparks joy, what cultivates excitement so that when you enter in your home or a space in your home, um, that original work is there for you. And it continues to feed you know, your soul. It's like having fresh flowers every day. Ah, fresh flowers every day. Um, this is one of the things, you know, myself as an interior designer, I'm often conveying to clients, um, we need to think about fine art in the front of the project, you know, as we're, as we're talking about um, what this space is going to be and what it, sh- it will reflect. I'm thinking of design as something that's happening uh, in their future but that will also stay with them as a part of, you know, who they are. I love what you said about, you know, that um, an invisible dialogue. Is that what you said? Yeah. Um, I I love that. I'm going to repeat that again somewhere (laughs) in my life because I I, I think as a designer, that is what we're trying to create as an invisible dialogue. I often say to to people, if a Martian crashed through uh, the roof of your house um, and you weren't home, and they looked around and then went back up to Mars. I'd want them to have a story to tell that's uniquely yours. Um, and uh, I think artwork um, has the power to convey that. So with that said, um, uh, Christian, there's a few images that that uh, that I want to uh, to get Mechalina's um, reaction to. This is design reaction. Um, if you can put them up on the screen or put, you know, one of the first ones up. We talked, uh, you and I talked uh, in advance of this interview about um, influences in your life as an artist. And we we talked about two artists in particular, um, Faith Ringgold and, um, you know, uh, uh, Paul Goodnight, um, both artists who... Um, we're all familiar with, but also um, artists who have very different uh, approaches to art. But I also think, you know, are v- really powerful in, 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 you know, in what they what they do. Um, hey, Christian. 
Christian. Oh, they are. There we go. Okay, so so Michalina, first we're going to talk a little bit about uh, your work. Um, so in addition to the piece that we see behind you, these two pieces here, I see another gown. And uh, the gowns, I, I like what you said, they, you know, they're a garment and they certainly represent, you know, beauty. I think uh, gowns um, give the, uh, they speak to the fact that I think women sort of move through a space uh, like poetry in motion, uh, certainly in wearing a gown. But tell me a little bit more, if you can, about how you've chosen to sort of make a series of works with these gowns. Um, and, and can we expect to see more of the same kind of thing from, from your work? Um, yes, I'll go backwards. Yes, you'll see more. Uh -huh. uh, and there is this... Um, this kind of play on the essence of who we are. And so you won't find me filling in the gowns um, where every detail is um, given to you. Mm -hmm. I love there to be breath in all of my work. Sure. Uh, and so it's, it's a little bit of a minimalist approach on the micrography, but it's capturing this play with the light and the space and the abstract colors um, that creates this atmosphere. And um, I have friends that will speak in terms of what is your aura? What is your energy? saying? Ah. Um, yes. And so that's kind of the feeling of what happens in my work. Um, it's that energy. It's, it's what are you conveying? What is the atmosphere you're creating in that space? I love it. I love it. Um, hey, yeah. Christian, there's a, the, there's a slide in there. Uh, it's showing a piece of work by Faith Ringgold. Um, uh, can you put that one up? Oh. So now, um, Faith Ringgold, for people who maybe are not familiar with her, she is, um, an artist and also a social and political activist. Her work uh, is, she works mostly as a quilt maker. And there was a time, um, before now where people thought of and regarded quilt making as a craft um, rather than a fine art. I think she, along with uh, several other artists, have um, uh, skillfully um, and forever transformed the way the art world sees uh, quilt making. And, um, uh, you know, I think she's she has not only elevated the practice, but I think has animated people's interest in uh, in, in quilting. Can you talk a little bit about this piece? Um, I, I, and when I say talk about it, just your reaction to it as an artist. Um, well, you know, there's a, there's certain um, aesthetics or foundational elements in when you're creating a piece mm -hmm. that you look for. And one is um, kind of this angled movement where it's almost like a perspective drawing or into the center mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, so it kind of keeps the viewer's eye in the frame of the piece um, that's kind of the technicality of what happens in art when you look at composition um, and so I love this play of, of it all coming back to the center yes uh, and then that each fragment is another story but these stories are all connected um, in how we live our life and how uh, you know, the stranger who's on the bus with us or the person <laughs> that we play a sport with, um, you know, we're all connected, right? It's like, who are the people in your neighborhood? 
Yes. Um, who are the people that are creating stories with you? Yes. Uh, and creating memory with you. Uh, you know, from your family member to the person that you say hello to down walking down the street. Um, and that's one thing I really love about Faith Ringgold. Uh, she's a master storyteller. Yes. She is able to give you nonverbal and verbal and written and nonwritten storylines uh, that you can just continue to unfold and build on. Um, and I just... I love her use of color. Mm -hmm. I love her balance and um, how she just evokes certain feelings with her indigo blue. Yes. Uh, oh my gosh. Yes. The indigo blue in her work. <laughs> and as you study the history of quilting in this country um, and the Gullah people and how they were able to cultivate these plants. Yes. And then you boil it and then it creates this indigo blue dye. Uh, it is... Um, a cornerstone color for all of us in this country that Absolutely. not everybody knows uh, the importance of. Uh, so I love that she always has some of that indigo in her work. Yeah, I uh, and th and thank you for sharing that reaction. I think a lot of times people look at work, um, you know, it could be this quilt or just anything, and not really know what to make of it. Right? I, I you're right. There's so many stories that are being told in each one of these fragments or slices, I, I, I like to think of them as, as pie slices. Um, you know, uh, growing up, um, my, my grandmother quilted, and you know, they would sort of put together scraps of fabric to create a quilt that we would use, you know, uh, when when we would visit, you know, the quilt would go on top of the bed. And that's kind of how you, you kept warm. Um, I think that um, in, in, in works like this, and what a lot of other quilters do, I think we're warmed by the stories that they tell. And certainly I think Faith Ringgold, um, you know, does that in a very successful way. Christian, there's one other slide. Um, and this is a piece by um, uh, Paul Goodnight. Um, and Michalina, this piece, the name of it, um, I think it's called Reflections. Is that correct? That Christian, is correct. You, Christian, you see that, oh, that yeah. piece? There it is right there. So I know this has very special meaning. I know that uh, you, you have a connection with Paul Goodnight that I really want to hear uh, about and, and like to have you to share. Um, so uh, talk, give us your reaction about this one. Ah, uh, well, if you know, if you could be invigorated and warm at the same time, uh, that's what Paul's work does. His play on light and shadow is um, is so profound to me. He was the first artist um, that I saw such depth of color in skin pigments mm. because he uses oil pastel chalk. Ah. Uh, and the vibrancy that he's able to create blows my mind. Uh, I was really so fortunate that I got to spend time with him in my 20s. Um, we happened to be living in the same loft <laughs> during that time. How fortunate. And um, my sisters and I and my parents, we, you know, anytime we got to sit and talk with Paul for a little bit, it was um, always a gift. I'll bet. He is, you know, he's one of these human beings that is larger than life. And because he's experienced so much in his life, he has such depth of wisdom to share. Uh, and so I, you know, I just really respect his work 
in how he approaches the canvas um, and also how he looks at the human figure. Mm. It isn't always perfection yes. um, that he's striving for. It's, you know, it's the depth of the soul that comes through on the canvas. Um, and this is one of the pieces I believe he was working on kind of during that time uh, when I was there in my 20s. Ah. And um, I love uh, his, just his play on color his composition work and his layering. His yeah. layering is is you know to me is you could have a class and have a whole curriculum on how Paul Goodnight approaches his work. Uh, really, it's I can't say enough. I'm very honored that I get to know uh, to know him in the flesh uh, and admire his work. So thank you very much for that. I I. I, I as I've said um, on this podcast, and you and I spoke about this earlier, the goal here is for people listening to gain some insight as to how to see artwork, how to uh, communicate with the work, uh, like we talked about, invisible uh, dialogue, but also um, to hear from artists what what they see in work and what they're seeking to convey. And I think you've, you've done that so, so well. Before we go, if you could, I don't know if it's, you know, if it's too cumbersome, you can let me know. But um, we're in her studio, listeners, oh. and we're talking to her directly from her studio, which I think is just a magnificent space. A thing I encourage everyone to do is to ha- take an opportunity when you can to visit an artist's studio and see where they work and how they work. Can you, Miss Mechalina, just show us around your studio um, briefly? Yes, I'll be really strategic part of it because um, every artist has uh, controlled chaos. We have to. <laughs> That's just how it goes for us. Sure. Um, there are, we have spaces that it's in process spaces that okay it's done ready to pack and be shipped um and others for you know for me also i'm very fortunate i get to have a little area to stage nice. and photograph nice uh so where i'm sitting right now and this is also my personal home where i'm raising children in this space <laughs> so oftentimes there's canvas paint and toys <laughs> that's kind of you know we're cultivating a lot of joy uh, a working space. mother has to multitask yes so if you if I go like that, look at that, and I am just very honored that that's my view. Wow, wow, yeah. oh my yeah. goodness! So those ce- those floor to ceiling, well, they're almost floor to ceiling windows, but they're, just yeah, the natural quite, light, I'm sure, has an impact on uh, you know how you're approaching your work. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, and just to be able to have amazing lighting, I know it's kind of blurred out, but to have such great lighting. Um, and then to watch the seasons happen out my, you yes. know, outside of my window, yes. um, you know, it, it impacts my work and impacts me. <laughs> and um, I feel honored to be in this space. I always tell people, and I've only been in this space for the last uh, almost two years. And I tell people, if I had a million dollars in my bank account, I'd still live in this dress. <laughs> Um, you know, and I find myself saying almost daily, thank you for this space. I'm honored that I get to, to live in it uh, and to create in this space. Um, it's a privilege to uh, just feel like you're in the right space that allows you to have the, you know, the room to expand uh, your thoughts sure. and your creativity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, a, it's a privilege. And um, 
I, uh, I don't take it lightly. I feel very honored well, to do what I do and create it where I create it uh, and really just sit in a deep place of gratitude. Well, it's been an honor and a privilege to um, have visited with you today, uh, certainly to hear uh, about your work, uh, to learn about your process, but also to, to have uh, a, a studio visit with you. Really, it, indeed, it's been an honor and a privilege. Um, before we go, tell me, where can people see your work? Where, um, you know, where can we learn more about uh, your work? The uh, easiest thing is to go to my website, uh, which is my first name, Michalina, mm-hmm. so M-E-C-L-I-N-A-A-R-T.com, so michalinaart.com. Um, you can also Google Michalina Art, and you'll see me on all social media platforms. Um, also the resident artist at the Epicurean Hotel in Tampa and the Renaissance Hotel in Tampa, Florida as ah. well. Uh, the Renaissance Hotel has probably the largest collection of my work right now available for purchase. And uh, the Epicurean, we do a rotation of a few pieces every few months there. Um, and then I will see where else I pop up. Well, I, I have to tell you, I um, myself, I am a, a collector. I also do um, some art advisory with my clients. I'm so glad to have um, uh, to have had you uh, as a guest on on Design Reaction today. Um, I know that listeners will be looking forward to, um, you know, checking out your work further. I know it certainly I will. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I look forward to possibly having you on as a guest another time. We'll talk more about art uh, and, and what you're doing and what you've been up to. Um, but for today, certainly thank you so much. Um, and uh, listeners, um, if you do want to uh, learn more about her work, it's Mechalina Art, M-E-C-E-L-I-N-A. Did I say it right? It's M-E-C-L-I-N-A-A-R-T dot com. It's okay. okay. I'm learning. Mechalina. I'm, I'm learning and learning is growth. I'm it's, growing. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Again, thanks so much for being a guest today, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Oh, thank you, Marilyn. This has been such a pleasure and a joy, and thank you for having me. Take care. I truly appreciate your joining me for this episode of Design Reaction. I hope you learned something new through our stories or were inspired by our descriptive observations of the newest things happening in design, decor, and fine art. Both audio and video for this show are recorded and engineered by Cube Recording Studios in Montclair, New Jersey. The original music for our show is produced by Cube Recording Studios as well. If you enjoy Design Reaction, please subscribe and invite your friends to listen. I'm Marilyn Laverne, Principal Designer of Marilyn Laverne Interiors, a full-service interior design studio working with luxury-seeking clients everywhere. Visit MarilynLaverne.com to see the portfolio of our work. And then if you're interested in design services, book a discovery call using the tab on our website. Until next time, continue discovering your reaction to design. I'm Marilyn Laverne.